Well, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Julian Shepherd into studio. Hi, Julian. Uh, good morning, Blair. <laughs> uh, Julian knows I'm always putting him on the spot, but I didn't have to put you on the spot uh, for what we're going to be doing in this hour because of your own initiative. Out you went as our official Hope FM roving reporter, and you went where? Well, I went, uh, first of all, I need to introduce how I got to hear about this. And uh, we have some friends, <clears throat> which are the Whitworths, who live in Ferndown. And they told me about uh, an initiative that was being done at their church at Winton, which happened to be the Winton Christadelphian Church. Um, now, I thought, well, we like talking about how we solve people who are disadvantaged on Hope Radio. And this was a classic way of actually trying to get the message over, because I think we've all heard of food bank, but this is something extra special. And I think that Hope Radio needs to help to spread the word on this particular thing. So Carol Whitworth bent my ear in some uh, uh, significant way. She was fired Uh, up about the project. She was fired up about it, um, but it was decided that the original church that started this was the Parkstone Christadelphian Church. So um, when I talked to both churches, they said Parkstone was the one. So off I go with my tape recorder to find out more about it. And uh, you'll see uh, the interview as I went, because I parked the car up and uh, I walk into this car park, which is surrounded by food and people milling everywhere, trying to get it all sorted for the first customers to come in. And I want um, uh, listeners to understand that this is surplus food provided um, uh, uh, either by the supermarket or collected from the supermarket uh, and is brought to this church. Um, and it's not a big church, but it was just right for them to be able to help in the community. And uh, so uh, it was just wonderful to see this. And uh, what happened was that uh, uh, I just had to take it in for a few minutes because I wasn't expecting what I saw. <laughs> Um, So all the food that they have here is collected from supermarkets or delivered by supermarkets and it's all free and it's free to the customer. Okay, so it's arranged around a car park, you know, in in various mountains and uh, people queue and they can come and take what they want. And I think that is marvellous. And uh, I can only say that uh, by the time it started at 11 o'clock, there was a queue around the corner. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, shall we join? Let's join you uh, as you as you step out at the surplus for food. <clears throat> so I, I think we're quite lucky as a group because... Um, before this is a lot smaller scale so you know during covid this has grown drastically both the need and the supply of surplus food um i started by doing it in front of my house yes in your front garden the rumor tells me just down the road from here yes yes and um when i started having 300 crates of parsnips uh, turned up in my front garden with two Tesco chilled vans I, I knew that I needed help so uh, Christadelphian is on the same street so I, that, that was the first church I called I was expecting I wasn't expecting such a welcome I, 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 was, I, I don't know what I'm expecting but I definitely thought you know I, this might not be straightforward but they literally opened their door to me and then you know this is this would then be this without them basically so I don't know how much bigger this is going to get. 
Now, of course, that was Tina there, who is the... Is she the project manager? She's the project manager. Um, she is um, uh, a born workaholic, I would say. She's a lovely person. Her correct name is Tingray Lindley. Uh, but because us Brits find it difficult to say Tingray, she's been uh, called Tina so we shall refer to Tina. She's quite happy with that situation. She's actually the research manager of uh, a large international company, and they've been very good, and they allow her to do this because it's a big event. She organises two days in this church and two days in the Winton Church. So she is some formidable lady, but a lovely lady. And uh, she saw this situation, as you see on that clip, that uh, she had delivered, I think it was 90 cartons of turnips or something like this and arrived by two lorries and she lives in a small terraced house um, so she had to take this into the front living room, the stairs, the bedrooms and everything else because she didn't want to turn it and that was the point then she realised that she could no longer operate from her house but she had to get a bigger area and that's what's exactly happened, it's now moved into this church. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, of course, Julian Shepherd is my special guest today. We're focusing in on Serpus for Dorset. But just to comment on that piece of music uh, that you heard uh, just before the break uh, there, which was the Sydney Carter and the Sloan Square Chamber Orchestra. Well, I, I think that, that was the perfect start, I thought, as a tune for this particular work that we're talking about. And I think the key thing is... Uh, when we talk about a neighbour, um, were you there? Were you there uh, in a time of need? And whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, it's our responsibility to care for those, regardless of who they are, regardless of their colour, regardless of their creed. Were you there to help them in time of need? And, of um, course, one of the encouraging things is that literally, I mean, locally here, Julian, I don't know whether you know, but over 2,000 people have volunteered during the pandemic in all sorts of different ways, you know, whether it was delivering food or, or obviously food bank work, which was what we're specifically talking about today. It's been so incredibly encouraging. Yes, it is. It's amazing. I mean, the whole volunteer section is just enormous in this country. I mean, there are millions involved in one way or another. You being a classic example, me being another one when it comes to the radio station. But uh, I think what I'd like to do now, if we could go into the recording where I uh, start interviewing Tina in the car park. I was told of a surplus food initiative in Parkstone, Bournemouth recently. And I decided on behalf of Hope FM that I should go and investigate it further. So with recorder in one hand and microphone in the other, I turned up at the Christadelphian church in Parkstone one day recently. When I arrived, I was met with a great amount of activity in the church car park of tables being erected and boxes of foodstuff being carried left, right and centre. Now key to this activity was Tina Lindley, who was the organiser behind it all, and I managed to have a chat with her amongst masses of food here at the Christadelphian church here in Parkstone. I wonder whether we could just walk round and you could just say what is available 
for people to, I think, just have. Yes. There's no certificate, there's no, no voucher, there's no. no nothing. We don't ask for a voucher, we don't um, ID anyone, it's for everyone. These are all surplus foods that are donated by supermarkets. So a lot of supermarkets, because of the demand and because of people want varieties, suppliers, uncertainties, they have oversupply food. So they gave us these as a donation. They do get a tax rebate, but these food are perfectly fine to use. There's a mix of vegetables, fruits, a lot of bread, bakery, and treats, and even some of the um, the meat and fish that you see in high-end supermarkets. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, if I may use the word gobsmacked on what I'm looking at, but just talk me through here mm-hmm. as we walk around the yep. type of food which is here. Yes, so there's back salads, there's all sorts of red onions and yellow onions there, uh, loose uh, mushrooms, uh, a lot of lettuce and ready-packed vegetables, salads, there's packs of chilies, chilies that come in this size that... A normal family wouldn't be able to consume in a few days. The supermarkets want to sell anymore, but they are perfectly fine to consume. Uh, raspberries, we, we are very much... And um, uh, mushrooms. Raspberries are our seasonal challenge. In the summer, we get loads and loads of soft fruits. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's very interesting. We um, Listeners, we've only come down one side of this car park. Uh, there is many, many more tables and storage facilities here with all sorts of food from bakery products to cakes, bread, uh, bananas, I can see, potatoes, a vast quantity. And this is, and then even flowers, even flowers here for people to have. Um, I just want to come back, if I can, Tina, on the basis of who can come here. Do, mm-hmm. do you get any problems with people abusing it? No, I don't see it as abuse, if that makes sense. Uh, we we believe that a, a lot of families are in between the government support, you know, council support, and well-off. So there's sort of a gap where some people are... You know, shift workers and people who are, have young children, they might have ch- challenges here and there. So they come here, they help themselves with the food, otherwise going to waste anyway. And then hopefully they can have a little bit of room in their daily, uh, their monthly budget and use those budget on something else that's essential for their family. So that's how we believe. We don't believe in people abusing the system. This is not a food bank. This is a... Um, a redistribution of otherwise going to waste kind of food. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, there's some lovely strawberries there. You would want one person to come and take all your um, strawberries (laughs) with you or your raspberries. No, no. So we do have signs. Uh, We're about to put signs up. Everyone is allowed to, uh, every household is uh, allowed for one item per crate. So that means that they, today, it very much because this is, this is surplus. It very much depends on what we get on the day. So today they'll probably walk home with a good ten to fifteen items of varieties of vegetables and maybe about five type of fruits, and then as much bakery as they can use at home for two to three days, and then some sandwiches for lunch. So it's 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 designed to support a, a small family to supply their to top up their grocery. Now you're open for how long? 
an hour, so 11 to 12, twice a month, uh, twice a week. So 11 to 12, Thursdays and Sundays. I mean, this is the food which is outside. Uh, what about all the food inside the church building <laughs> <Yes>. here? <laughs> so in the summer, we have a big program. We work with local schools in Winton area, so across BCP, uh, especially in Winton area and Parkston area. We work with schools to provide food parcels. So these are food parcels made with milk, cereal, tins, jars, and a bit of pastas and sauces, whatever surplus we ha- can get from you know, local shops. A lot of them might be a bit damaged or not looking as nice. And also we have this idea of best before day, but actually through are perfectly consumable a little bit after the best before day. So these are so-called surplus. It's entirely free to anyone that turns up between 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock on the two days mm-hmm. of the week. I think that's quite remarkable. Uh, logistically, mm-hmm. there's two other areas I want to cover. Yes. How do you get all of this food to this, the Christadelphian church here mm-hmm. in Parkston? So I have a team of amazing volunteers. I have about 45 volunteers currently across BCP, as well as um, the church's help. So our ch- the church members here have helped us you know, amazingly with a lot of transportation. So the system goes, we get uh, the supermarkets notified us, we then turn up, the volunteers turn up with a van or a car, uh, most of the time their own, and then pack whatever is given. We bring here, sort them, pack them in the fridge if necessary, and then we give them out within the 48 hours window. Thank you for that. Uh, the other area I wanted to cover is you personally, because yes. you, I think, went to Cambridge. Yes. And uh, you got a degree, and I'll simplify it for everyone as researcher <laughs> or something, but you had mm-hmm. to learn to do it. And uh, so this is your full-time job doing this? No, this is my hobby and my side job. <laughs> my full-time job is a research manager. So I, my job, because of COVID, is now working from home, but otherwise it'll be in London with international travels. So, so you find time to do this. Definitely. It's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, just one thing that we haven't mentioned, is what is it called what you're doing that's great uh, we are called surplus for door set number four and door set you will see a lot of volunteers around with um, a tabar that has a surplus for door set sign on on top and this so if you see them please say hello and they're volunteers from all over the place yes yes across bcp tina it's been really uh, commendable of you to do this uh, it's quite <laughs> remarkable um, I'm absolutely amazed at the sheer size of this and um, I want to watch to see how this food disappears oh, in the yes, next yes. hour yes. now but but thank you for giving me your time and, and congratulations no, likewise thank you very much for your visit and I, I do see you know people please come and help um, either to help yourself with the food or to come and help us we, ha- we can we're always looking out for volunteers have you well. a website by the way uh, yes it's a surplus for doors Set number four, surplus for doorset.co.uk, or you can find us on Facebook. We are very active on Facebook to update everyone with latest food availabilities and requests and special offering. For example, we might get one off biscuits from somewhere or um, some sometimes a one off lots of uh, frozen items from a warehouse. It's been a delight talking to you, and thank you for talking to the microphone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something to get used to it. <laughs> 
Well, that was Tina there talking to Julian. She didn't seem too scared, uh, uh, Julian. And we're going to be hearing what a fabulous uh, you know project. We're going to be hearing uh, quite a lot more in this hour about the project. So stay with us, and and you may well need some food yourself, or know somebody who's really in need. And so there'll be more. We'll be telling you more about how you can you can go and visit that project and and benefit from the wonderful work uh, that they do. This is Hope FM. Now, my very special guest today. We've been talking about uh, food for Dorset. I love uh, uh, work which is going on through the Christadelphian, two, two of the Christadelphian churches over in, in Poole and uh, Julian has been guiding us through it and in a moment or two you're going to be interviewing somebody else, I'll let you introduce it uh, Yes, I want to uh, before I do that Blair, if I may just simply say that uh, one of the big things uh, that is re- they're desperate for uh, Tina wants more volunteers and what, what she is beginning to do is to plan for surplus on wheels uh, probably to Blandford, probably to New Milton uh, on a weekly basis. So go to the places rather than have folk come to them. Yeah, I mean it's a big, the exercise is getting so huge but um, I have in front of me, and you may need a piece of paper and a pen to take this down she would like to hear from you uh, by text or via WhatsApp on this number 07873-521-678. Now, I'll give that out again later. You can actually Facebook Surplus for Dorset, but she, if you think that you can possibly help, uh, either in collecting food from the various places uh, to or to actually manning the stores, she would be delighted. So, uh, like I say, I will repeat this again. Um, because it's uh, essential for the growth of this initiative. Uh, so my next uh, conversation I had was with one of the elders of the church. I'm with Eric Lowe, who is one of the elders in the church, and uh, I just wanted to talk to him to hear his point of view. Tell me more about it. How long have you been doing this? Uh, we started this in February of this year. Um, it was complete new branch really for our for our hall here and it's really put it to good use for the last few months as you can see i realize our listeners can't see it but you can see what's gone on here and it's just revolutionized really otherwise the hall was just sat here doing nothing well i have to say that when i arrived here 10 minutes ago i thought it was all outside but when i've come into the building i stacked out every room has food can you explain a little bit about it all what are you doing here i know you've offered these facilities it's amazing it's totally transformed what i thought was the inside of a church because it's uh, masses of food everywhere so what's what's happened uh, step one was can we use your car park we were asked by tina who you've met and uh, we said yes of course and that started with basically free food surpluses being distributed there twice a week and then she we gradually thought well this is silly you could store some food here and we did it a little bit by little bit until all our rooms are now being used for storage under control with environmental officers and everything else being aware of what's going on and we're acting really as a distribution hub for here and also for our church at winton because there are Winton Christadelphians, Parkstone Christadelphians. Yes. And it's, we have uh, used with some of our members who are able to help here twice a week. And we do pickups and stuff like that from various uh, supermarkets, all under the provision, under the organisation of Tina. This is not a small operation. 
this is far bigger than I thought. And I think from the church's perspective, this fulfills certain scriptures, doesn't it? It does. I mean, if you look at Christ as our example, which is what we try to use, you know, one of his priorities was feeding the 5,000, feeding the 3,000. He was well aware that people needed food and that he was very conscious that uh, people were in the main, the poor ones were being left behind. And he was conscious about working with society in a way which helped the, what was, you know, you could call the poor or the, um, the uneducated or whatever you want to call it. But those who could not, for various reasons, get food, he was willing to work with them and provide their food, as well as, of course, give them scriptural, their own message, the Christian message, which is about how you live. It's not just about what you can say, it's about what you can do. Well, yes, thank you for that. That, uh, I mean, it's just interesting to see that um, how you're packed out here with things. Um, uh, When you get back to starting services, I'm not quite sure you're going to have to move the food out the way because the main hall is chock-a-block. Yeah, we have that uh, under discussion at this moment, but we will find a way of um, working with Tina uh, in the longer term because it's opened our eyes to a whole part of society, which we were really bad at getting in touch with, to be honest. And, and she's given us the, the gateway, if you like, to, to be in touch with uh, our neighbours in a way which we never managed ourselves. So you put the two together. We have the facility and she has the network. And, you know, it really is working very well. And all our members are really supportive of what's going on. So we will find a way of working together. I think that's wonderful. Thank you, Eric. Um, there's one thing I would like to ask you now. Um, how lo- This is the Christadelphian Church at Parkstone. Um, are there other christadelphian churches in this area yes in fact there is a there are one two three four active uh, churches at the moment one in winton one in what we call bournemouth central which is allied to our uh, we have a care home in bournemouth and another one is in broadstone so there are there are four communities which is quite rare because in many of our towns there's only one uh, church one of our churches per town we're not a major numerically major organization in the uk but if you look in africa there are now more Christadelphians in Somalia and Kenya than there are in the UK, and it's growing very, very well out there. Yeah, that's quite remarkable. How long have you been going as a church here at Parkstone? We started in the, this, it's about 60-odd years now. In fact, we had our 60th anniversary a couple of years ago. We started renting a hall up the way and then built our own hall in the late 50s, early 60s. Mm. And, uh, and that's, we've added bits as time's gone by, but th- that's our history here. Um, as a matter of interest, um, so that listeners can understand Christadelphians, how do you differ from general churches? I mean, I know that 80% we all believe the same in Christian churches, or even 90%, and there's always that little bit that we differ on. What differentiates you from other churches? Well, first of all, I don't want this to be a point-scoring exercise, and that's not the object at all. But we just, we believe we focus on the Bible, and we go there if we have a debate or a question or anything like that, and we go there for our answers exclusively, come to a common understanding of what the Bible teaches. But, you know, my background is Church of England, so um, I'm well aware that there there are differences. I think it's a shame, to be honest, that, that this Christian world is, is divided in the way it is. But, you know, um, we feel it's important, we make a point, that we should go back to the Bible and focus on that, and we draw our lessons from there. Which, 
I could go through a list of how that makes us different from the traditional churches, but all you end up with then is a sort of circular argument because very intelligent people on both sides of the debate have looked at the Bible and other things and come to different conclusions. That's lovely. Well, thank you for that, Eric. Um, I'm sure listeners will find that quite interesting. It's now time for me to have a walkabout here and uh, see if I can uh, wind my way through all the boxes and bags of food that there is around here. But thank you, Eric. I really appreciate uh, you just standing by and talking to me. Julian, it's been a pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Well, that was Eric Gello. Well, he was one of the, the eldership team down there. That is correct, Julian. yes. Fantastic. Yeah, that's right. 90.1 Hope FM and hopefm.com. Well, that's the Welsh Cathedral Choir there and Oh Jesus, I Have Promised. Still, we focus uh, on surplus for food. I'm learning all sorts of new stuff today, uh, Julian, about this amazing project. And of course, uh, Tina did say there, and you you said, uh, I think Tina said there were about 45 volunteers, uh, but actually with the the planned expansion of the work and the mobile uh, going out to other communities and so on, uh, there's always a need for yet more volunteers. So if you're listening today and you feel, you know, that maybe this is something you'd like to get involved in then we will give you those contact details uh, uh, you know towards the end of the program uh, but anyway you, you i think a volunteer was next on your list yes i asked out loud and this lady very kindly put her hand up and uh, so this is this lady talking to me about the role that she plays as a volunteer i've just approached um, a lady who is i assume a volunteer i am yes and there are several of them here, and you have... Oh, yes, on the back it says volunteer. Uh, yes, OK. Now, you were working hard earlier on getting all this laid out. And tell me your name. My name's Julie Reeves. Julie Reeves. Hello, Julie. And how long have you been doing this for? I've been doing it since it opened. And that was earlier this year? Yes. Do you live locally? I live in Branksome, yes. OK. Remarkable work, isn't it, really? It's really good. It, we, it's, you know, all this food is, would have gone to landfill and we just want to give it out to families or anybody that can use it. You know, there, there's everything here and we just don't want it to be going to landfill or to farms. Um, so, we, so anyone is welcome to come and pick some food and, um, you know, just help themselves. It's so rewarding. I can see this. And, I mean, the choice, the variety of food that's been given to you by various supermarkets is quite amazing. I have to commend you on volunteering here. Because <laughs> it's twice a week, I expect, is it, or yes, something like yes. this? Yes, so, um, I go and collect food from supermarkets. Then I come and um, unload it here, and then um, I start sorting it, help sorting it as well. You obviously go around with a lorry. <laughs> I have a big car. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's lovely. Thank you for stopping and me That's interrupting okay. you while you're doing yeah. your work. That's Thank fine. you so Thank much. You. Thank That's Julian talking to one of the many volunteers at Surplus for Food. And there were a lot of them around and about when you were visiting. Uh, yes, there was indeed. Um, I mean, there needed to be many to get everything sorted out. Because there was loads of people there as well, wasn't there? Sort uh, of come to pick up food and so on. Yes, at 11 o'clock when uh, it opens, uh, there was a queue all the way around the corner. 
Um, and uh, if I can just tell listeners uh, where you can go, because there is no restriction uh, as to who you are, no questions are asked, you can have this food free of charge. Um, there is a controlling factor. For instance, if there's 12 punnets of uh, strawberries available, uh, you can only have one um, because it has to be shared. But uh, it basically bring a big bag and help yourself because this is food which uh, would otherwise uh, go to waste. Now, um, you can actually, by going on to the Christadelphian churches in Winton in Parkstone, find out more information about when you hold it. But those who don't have that facility, um, if you take the Winton church, uh, that is Tuesdays and Fridays, 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock, one hour. So be there and uh, the food is yours free of charge. In the case of the Parkstone Christadelphian Church, it is Thursdays and Sundays. 11 to 12 on a Thursday and on Sunday it's 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the evening. 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And uh, I hope that you've been moved to actually uh, take a note of the uh, text number you're to use to volunteer because Tina is waiting for you. It's a text only or a WhatsApp. Please don't ring this number, but it's 07873 or Facebook Surplus for Dorset. And remember the four is a number for one word. Um, or um, as I said, consult the Christadelphian churches in Parkstone in Winton. Um, they would love to hear from you. Um, you don't have to be going to that church. Any volunteer can come from uh, anywhere. They just need help. So please pick up the phone and text Tina now. Fantastic. Now, finally, of course, you talked to another one of the leaders, uh, but one of the other churches, the Winton Church, I think, this time. Uh, Yes, I did. Fortunately, there was a gentleman who does the leading like Eric does in the other church at Winton, and uh, so I grabbed him. I wasn't expecting him to be there, so uh, there's just a a brief interview, as he's, if I remember, uh, dishing bulk quantities of pizzas. To which he was interrupted. That's correct. I wasn't expecting this, but I know that um, the other Christadelphian church in Winton also does this on different days. Yes. Um, and I've interrupted Norman Stock, who is um, actually lifting pizzas out and putting them in a container. Are these all for you, are they, Norman? No. Sadly, I, I went dairy free a few years ago, and so I don't have them. But no, these are for... for the people who visit, we separate them out because when we get them in the supermarkets, often they're not. They just put it all in together. So we separate the savoury from the sweet and give them the choice. Tell me something about um, your church. You're, you, you're from Winton, that's Winton correct. Church. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And, and how long have you been doing this? We heard about Parkstone doing it. Uh, I get the emails from Parkstone because we, we, are, we work together a lot. So I knew they were doing this. So we, we talked about it at our management committee meeting and said, this sounds like a great idea. We've got a space. We're not using the hall, church hall. We have a bigger car park area. We have two car park areas, one at the back, one at the front. Why don't we do this? Got in touch with Ting and we met at the church, looked around. She said, yes, we could do it here. So we do it at the front and we started in March. Okay. So we've been doing it now for just over three months. That fits in quite your philosophy as the church as well, is reaching out, isn't it? Absolutely. We, we, our members love it. 
I mean, we have over the years done more and more outreach. We have done coffee morning for people who want to come in uh, and have a coffee and possibly some breakfast. We've extended that when we could before COVID, of course, this is. We were doing a twice a month a meal on a Thursday evening for people who wouldn't otherwise may, maybe not get a meal. So we were cooking that for them. So it was very much within our ethos. And, and Just one other thing, Norman, if I can. You, do you have a website? Yes, we do, yes. www.wintonchristadelphians.org That's fine. OK, well, it, so people, if they want to look for surplus for Dorset, um, then they can go onto your website if they live in that area. Thank you, Norman. This is a bonus. I wasn't expecting to see you here this morning. Thanks so much. Lovely to see you again. Well, that's uh, Julian there talking uh, to the Winton uh, leader of uh, of the Christadelphian Church there. And, uh, of course, the, the, it's the Christadelphian Church that have given a home to Dorset for food. So Tina is, is very, very grateful and excited uh, about that. But more important, of course, that uh, all sorts of people are benefiting by getting that, that many perishable food. And uh, so if you, if you yourself, you know, uh, can do, do with a bit of a leg up as far as food is concerned, uh, or you maybe know of someone, whether it be because of unemployment or maybe the, the, the money is just a wee bit in short supply, uh, then do put the word out and about there because the, the project is there for everybody to benefit from. And if you want to volunteer, to stand shoulder to shoulder with them in the work that they're currently doing and some of the development, work then do check out that facebook just just put in surplus with a letter for uh, dorset uh, if you want to drop them an email it's food at uh, surplus four and remember it's, a, it's the number four dorset.co.uk you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk now you've been hearing from Julian this morning. Out he went with his with his recording equipment uh, to uh, to talk to those lovely people, and you heard the fruit of of that interview just in the first hour of the program. But Julian, your introduction to radio was not quite what you expected. You went along to uh, it was a chamber of commerce meeting. And what, what happened? Uh, well, um, I got talking to this um, very large gentleman who was the. Managed the new manager of the radio station, and uh, this I, is in Summer Valley. Uh, this is in Summer Valley, which is about ten miles south of Bath and represents an area edge of Bristol, edge of Salisbury, edge of Bath, edge of Taunton, and so forth. It's quite a big area, and it actually won the award as the best radio station in the UK uh, when I was there. I was just part of it. I'm not trying to blow, but apparently the range of what we offered in the professionalism of the station uh, got us an award. Um, Yes, and he was saying to me, he said, what do you think of the radio station? And I had listened to it two or three times. And I said to him, well, it's war-to-war music, isn't it? And he said, yes. And I said, I appreciate that that is because you're a new radio station and you're gradually building up links and what have you. He said, well, what would you do with it? And I said, well, uh, there are 38 Christian churches in your broadcast area, and it would be very nice if you could have somebody on from the Christian perspective, even have their own program. And he said to me, he said, do you know what? He said, "Um, that's a jolly good idea. Um, And uh, then I realized that when he said, would you like to come and see me, that I put my head over the parapet (laughs) and uh, I was now uh, trapped. Um, So I met him uh, on the Monday and... uh, 
the interesting thing was that we talked for about an hour and a half. And to be frankly, he was talking. He's an ex-BBC man. I didn't understand a lot of what he was talking about. And so he had his foot against the door so I couldn't get out before I said <laughs> yes. Um, so I agreed to do something. Now I'm thinking I'll do a thought for the day for five minutes once a month. You know, that was not on his plans. And uh, uh, I think you've got a recording, haven't you, somewhere? <laughs> this, I- I, how well, you were driving along in your car, I, weren't you? I was parked in a, in a line of traffic between the conurbation, between Midsummer Norton and Radstock, and uh, listening to the radio, and this came on. Talkative Connections, Summer Valley FM is pleased to, to announce that we've appointed a religious features editor in the form of Julian Shepherd. Uh, Julian is a well-known local figure. He's going to front up a new drive we've got here at the community radio station to increase our religious programming. One of the things we're going to do to get this underway is to start a thought for the week. And we're inviting, and Julian's inviting, a number, well, really anybody... Uh, of uh, different faith traditions, of different churches, to participate in that. If you've got any ideas at all, how you would like to participate in either Thought for the Week here at Summer Valley, or indeed religious programming in general, and you'd be welcome to get hold of Julian. You can, of course, get hold of him here at the radio station, 01761 or if you wish to communicate with him personally, then do so by sending him an email. That's julian.shepherd, shepherd spelled S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D, julian.shepherd at btinternet.com, and he'll be pleased to answer your inquiry. Well, you'd done it, hadn't you? I mean, there it was all out there, you know, the announcement was made. So you're you're suddenly elevated from being somebody who just makes a comment about, well, there's a lot of churches in the area and there's not much of them on the radio, to now suddenly you're the religious, you are the man responsible for that output. Uh, yes, um, and the problem was, Blair, I had not talked to my wife about it. Oh, so when you eventually plucked up the courage to talk to Jill... What did she say? Well, we had two toy stores. Well, we had one toy store in this town that was being heard in and also a card gifting gallery at the other end of the high street. And, you know, gossip gets around and somebody was going to say to my wife in the shop, I heard your your um, husband's got a new job now. And I thought I've got to tell her. So I said to her when I got home, I thought I've got to do it this evening. So I said to her, I said, uh, my love, could you sit down? I've got to tell you something. Well, I immediately got her attention. And she and I told her what it was. And you know what she did? She looked at me and then she rolled her eyes at like a half moon, much as to say he's gone and done it again. And that's the story. And I did it for five years. Mm. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. The interesting thing is, you know, that uh, community radio, as you now know, uh, largely runs uh, on volunteers. You know, here in yeah. Hope FM, we have one ped member of staff. Everyone else is a volunteer. And of course, the other the other thing that the licensing authority. Ofcom uh, actually insist upon is the development of ordinary people. So people, those volunteers, you're, it's about giving them an opportunity. Not not everybody likes to be like us behind a microphone, uh, but there's a multiplicity of other things. You know, uh, if if I had a pound for every email that comes into the station asking us to do a multiplicity of things in response, and I w- obviously there are people. 
who help us with, with, with all of that, welcoming people to the station and so on. But of course, the uh, it's it's meant to be not Fab FM, mate, um, but um, but actually serving at the heart of the community in all sorts of, of, of different ways. Hope FM and all community radio stations, there are, there's over 200 of them in the United Kingdom now. Yes, so, so uh, and the licence, of course, means that you have to have all faiths. Uh, and uh, although uh, I used to regularly say that doesn't matter what faith you are, it was only Christians that came to me to be broadcast. But we are quite open to have Sikh, Muslim or anything, because that is the licensing arrangement that you can't specific be to one. Well, things are a little bit different now in the sense that when they when they did these community licenses, they you, you could apply for them, Julian, uh, in two ways. You can either apply for one is what is called a, a station of interest uh, or you could do a station of place so that would be obviously in our case Bournemouth Pool and Christchurch uh, but we also applied uh, uh, from a from a faith perspective, and it, and we I made it, we made it clear that because uh, when we initially started, we were part of the YMCA, which of course was is a Christian organisation. Uh, so we we never made any bones about the fact that we were Christian. But having said that, the station is there, as you quite rightly say, to serve the whole community. Yeah, many of the people who would listen to as no doubt would have been the case with your with. Your own radio station, your first radio station, Summer Valley, uh, would not necessarily have had any faith at all. Uh, mm. Never mind, you know, another faith. As a religious producer, and suddenly finding yourself in the hot seat, and then having to produce these thoughts for the day, um, how did you go about deciding what the content should be? Well, the ar- arrangement, I, I mean, to start with, I did the thoughts and then I thought, you know, you begin to get to a point when... Uh, and we were, doing it, were you doing them once a week or every uh, day? Once a week, uh, once a week. Um, and I thought we've got to spread this out because there are some wonderful church leaders, some wonderful Christian people that you come into contact with that should be involved in doing this. So I used to go either to their house to record a thought of, say, three, four or five minutes. The issue was that it could be a moral thought of something that you've learnt in your life that uh, would benefit somebody else yep so that is you can do it that way or you can do a religious one but the important thing was you had to get over a moral point of of a benefit of this or that and uh, that's how we did it and i've got you know how as you know a whole pile of recorded thoughts well of course we've been playing some of them uh, i i think we call it the julian shepherd archive you know uh, which drops into our own schedules you know for time to time of course now we do thought for the day as you know uh, every day monday to Friday, yeah. and actually, all of the all of those slots are presented by a whole army of volunteers who actually record them very much on their mobile phone or their iPad or their computer, uh, and we're so grateful uh, f- for that because the technology is has helped you know people to record and of course with the pandemic, uh, people have had to do things at home more rather than coming to the studio. Yeah, technology has changed. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you were cheeky enough to say when I was on the radio, were we cutting tape, you know, quarter-inch tape and that sort of thing? I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, if genuinely, uh, we had tape recorder I went to. But you are right now the... All the latest phones, you can record and send that recording off. Well, as you can see, you're sat in a digital studio here, uh, but... but 
when I started, there was there, there were there were turntables. Do you, do you know what they were? You know, and you know I, that black stuff. I, you know, I think they call it vinyl. Yeah, you know, I know. And you'd put the you put the 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 record on, and then you'd turn it half a turn. Yeah. Because if you didn't do that, it would go <laughs> when you opened the fader, which started it. But now it's all digital. Yeah, it's very clever. You can do all sorts of things. So you started out. Now, the the other thing I, I do comment to people is uh, I say to them, to sort of partly get myself out of trouble, uh, I say, now, if you come anywhere close to radio, anyway close to it, it is very consuming. It's addictive. Um, did you find that? Uh, yeah, that, that word addictive is precisely, you take every opportunity if you hear something or somebody passes a comment and uh, i was listening to you as you went off on your expensive cruise about a month ago that you were taking your recorder with you uh well usually where i go my recorder goes uh, yeah. with me i, I mean I, i've never stopped learning you know i mean in digital stuff i had to learn because i was yeah. used to the old stuff um uh but but now um you know, you know actually because some of the best interviews actually are uh are the unexpected ones yeah and one of my mm. one of my real joys is i've met so many lovely people who are doing amazing things you know and frankly there's just not enough time and space to be I able know. to do justice to it so i uh, i encourage all our team here at hope fm to to do as much community recording and to interact in fact just as we are sat here we've got ruth has just come into the studio now ruth works for lewis manning she's now volunteered to be one of our presenters um, she's she, she's been an interviewee. You know, I have I've talked to her about the work of Lewis Manning Hospice, and I just happened to say to her because she's she's a great talker and great sharer, and very natural. I said, "Would you fancy you know doing a program?" Well, she nearly bit my arm off. And mm-hmm. actually, after we're finished, she's going to start for the very first time actually with Dan live on the air, uh, and and that's what it's all about. Really, it's just giving ordinary people you know a chance and of course that's what you very very quickly learned well i i say to all the churches that i deal with and i'm that's a growing number in this area uh now um it's the opportunities for you to use the radio and uh, uh, as you know, uh, some take it up and some say, yes, they will, but don't do it. Um, <laughs> um, but then you have to chase them. But the opportunity is for any church to come in and, and be part of the Hope Radio story. Absolutely. Well, 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 and as you say, not just, uh, you know, not just churches. I mean, I, my mailbox is full of all sorts of things, you know, and, uh, uh, and sometimes even the junk mail, because you know, and some people write, it goes into that dreaded junk box, you know, and then you think, crikey, where did that come from? You know? But um, what, what I tend to look for is if people have got a story to tell. When, you see, when I, when I first became a religious producer of a radio station, and I, I guess that you find this, how do you do religion in a secular environment? I mean, uh, and particularly these days, you know, where if you, you know, the, the, the interest in faith and so on uh, is, is, some would say it's waning. Uh, I don't personally go along with that. I, I think that because people don't necessarily go to church doesn't mean that they're not interested in whether there's a, there's a, a God or not. But but having said of the, that, I suppose the great challenge for all of us is to frame our faith uh, you know, in a way which people can relate to, ordinary people can relate to. And of course, stories, I mean, your story, uh, it happened, didn't it? 
you, you just have a chat with somebody and then all of a sudden the next thing you're, you're behind a microphone. Yes, um, you're, you're quite right. Um, I, th- I just think that um, the important thing is not to be too severely doctrinal. Uh, in it, I think that's a disadvantage when you're broadcasting. I think uh, unless it's a special thing that you're doing, but I've found it that you generalise and uh, and you speak at a level that under people understand, rather than to become too technical. Mm. Um, and uh, and and that helps me because you know I'm not all that bright. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, but I I think you see. The, most people have have a story to tell. I yes. mean, I, I I know that in recent years, you you, you know you you, you your your dear wife hasn't been well, and and that life has taken a, you know a turn for you. Uh, and these turns come in all sorts of ways in in, in different places. I I myself have a disabled son, you know, uh, but but everybody has got all sorts of stories to tell and and people cope with things in different ways and i think that uh, that one of the things in, that radio enables is the sharing of those stories uh, uh the the wonderful things i always say to people you know this is an opportunity for you to really share not just what god has enabled you to do in your own life because some of those things are stories of faith and that's fantastic but uh, but not all the stories are stories of faith no no i understand what you're saying i mean uh, i think the uh, the benefit of having fellowship with like-minded people is that you can share things and if you share something then the problem is halved um, and i think uh, that's one of the big benefits that uh, that we have and uh, you are right um, some of the problems that you read of and uh, certainly in one bit of the program perhaps later we may get onto the subject of street pastors um, there is a, a lot of sad things and uh, people just want a shoulder to cry on uh, or to just to talk to you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk well, of course, Julian Shepherd is is my guest in this hour of the program, having introduced uh, the work at uh, uh, the uh, Surplus for Dorset project uh, in the first hour of the program. Now, Julian, you you got involved in all sorts of other things apart from radio, uh, and of course, you you got involved in some of these things uh, when you were well past retirement. Is so? Do you believe in retirement? Um, I'm finding it difficult to retire. Uh, is the opening statement um, and uh, but I do uh, I have a kind of adopted a principle uh, that um, the age doesn't really matter if you're able to do it get on and do it yeah, in fact you've got a life of experience behind you don't you yeah uh, I say age is something that doesn't matter unless you're a cheese <laughs> or a wine or a wine uh, but no um, I mean I've still got things that I can do and I can still keep active and that's been really the story of my life is to always press forward um, and I, I guess for my dear wife, I'm probably um, a whirlwind that she's had to live with. Uh, and uh, it does tie you down quite a bit. And you do, as you know, have to keep a balance between family life and, and the, the hobby that you're doing. Um, and I 
just loved the radio. It's as simple as that. <laughs> but it's not the only thing you love because you actually got involved in in the launch actually of the street pastor work in Mid Suburb Norton. How did how were you drawn into that? Well, that was quite an interesting one. Um, I heard about street pastors in Bath. Now they have a particular problem because they have two universities. They have the West of England University and they also have Bath University. So there are thousands of young people um, studying there and living in the area. And uh, I heard about these street pastors and I thought there's content for a radio program here. So I went out at um, 10 o'clock at night and uh, went through to, I think it was four o'clock in the morning. Recording as you went? Of course, yeah. I had a a secret lapel microphone that was, uh, so it wasn't too obvious. Um, And I thought, you know, this is right for our town. And I went back and did another program as well, just the same, uh, to go into the back streets to see what goes on after hours you would be the average person would be shocked by what you find and the people in desperate need and there's nobody there so what uh, uh, bath city council did they uh, created street marshals which um, marshaled traffic and what have you they had taxi marshals and these are all volunteers yeah, yeah? these are all volunteers and then they had um, uh, they had street pastors um, I mean, it's a huge thing when you're out there it's it's mind-boggling. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, we've got a little bit of this in our town of Midsummer Norton, uh, where we have uh, one big nightclub and uh, I think it's five pubs. And all of that is an issue. Uh, and uh, they call it politely the nighttime um, the economy night- is it? Yes, the nighttime. You've got it. Yes, the nighttime economy, um, and it brings with it its problems. So we got together. Um, I, I asked, spoke to all the churches, all thirty-eight of them, and uh, we agreed that we would form street pastors. So um, I created that from there, and uh, I was the the person that set it all up. And we had thirty street pastors, and th- um, I think it was over thirty prayer pastors because the prayer pastors sit back in the room not all 30 because they're all spaced out to a schedule and we went out uh, Friday and Saturday night uh, into the nighttime culture and I tell you uh, it was an eye-opener but the street pastor training was brilliant they cover all sorts of subjects you 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 know how to deal with things even to how to deal with suicide if you've got a suicide situation um, and uh, it was just wonderful but I suppose that what you're doing is you're, I mean, we talked about that nighttime economy, but that's where the pubs and clubs and so on. And when they empty, people come out onto the streets. Of course, a lot of people, you know, drink to excess, not everybody, but, but to cover up a lot of stuff which is, you know, going within them. Uh, and, and I guess that one of the things that street pastors are really good at, both locally and indeed in the work that you experience both in you know where you were at, and of course more recently in Christchurch, uh, you you get the raw side of life. Did it shock you some of the stories you heard? Uh, yes, I'm 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 a bit less tender than I was now some years later because I've seen so much. Um, I actually. Uh, didn't get involved with Christchurch ones. I did actually talk to them, but they have a different type of scheme where they're out to about 11 o'clock at night 
because of the youth problem they had there, as I understand it. So it's not like the full street pasture setup. It's uh, Christchurch Angels is the project, there, isn't well, it? Well, no, Christchurch Angels is another thing again, uh, and this is where hospitals, doctor surgeries, um, say there is somebody that needs somebody to come alongside of them, um, and uh, you know they can have all sorts. It can be a couple where. Um, the one has got dementia and the other one is trying to cope. Um, and we go in and help in that situation by arrangement. Um, and it's ever so rewarding. It's, uh, you think, oh, dealing with old people. But in actual fact, it's actually very rewarding because they become dependent on you just for somebody to talk to them mm. and even take them out for a coffee or something or take them out for a car ride. And of course, the pandemic has played merry havoc with all of that because, unfortunately, the the ability to meet face to face has has meant, of course, a lot of this stuff having to go online. So even the Samaritans, of course, who if you think of one organisation, you know, who take loads and loads of calls, you know, they uh, uh, they can no longer sort of meet with people. That it it has to be all online, and of course, the numbers, the calls being placed are are increasing all the time. Well, the Christchurch um, Angels, which we were involved in, uh, was led by the incredible um, Glenis Brown, who's now just retired, and Sandra Prudham. And um, many people know Sandra. But, um, yeah, it's uh, such a rewarding work. And during the pandemic, we've had to make lots of phone calls because that's the only connection we could make. 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com Well, that's Natasha Cobbs there and uh, Break Every Chain. And, of course, it does uh, bring us to talking maybe a little bit about music because you're, you're like me, uh, no doubt, that as, as radio presenters and so on, one of the things that really lifts the interviews that, that we produce and so on is the music. Uh, and I'm actually gobsmacked by the, the range of, of music that is available out there uh, and, in, and the various genres and so on. And, and of course, Christian music uh, has become one of the fastest selling genres. I don't know whether you know that, Julian, uh, you know, in, in the world. Largely because in the States they have, uh, they have large numbers of radio stations and, and it's exposed, uh, you know, and so on. In the UK, it's mainly the Bible Weeks where people were hearing some of the new music, like the Spring Harvest and those sorts of events. Souls of Arvia and, and so on. But of course, now that we have more, we've got Premier Christian Radio in London and we have more little stations like Hope FM coming on stream. So that means that the wonderful music is getting more and more exposed. But I guess you found that. Yes. Um, I mean, one of the problems I found when I originally started broadcasting is that the music was too loud and the, and the singing was not hearable. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yep. You couldn't work it out. And that is changing. And uh, one or two of those today i know my friends will be quite surprised on this last one you've just played <laughs> but actually if you consider the words uh, it's it, nice it is very interesting though when you're looking for a song to say something for you you can go into the title and then ask why was it written and it will come up the reason what was the background behind it 90.1 hope fm and hopefm.com